Is that going? Yeah, whenever you're ready. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how's it going, brother? Good, Jeremy. How about yourself? Oh, living the dream, man. Living the dream. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Had a little vacay this week. Yo, man, that was something else. I tell you what, you ca- you call it a vacation to justify the waste of time in your mind. Um, the kids had performing arts provincials. Uh, so basically, you know, every town, city, all over has a performing arts festival. And then if you're like the best in that festival, then you make it to provincials. And then they compete in provincials. And then from there, you can go to Western Canadians. And that's where it ends. Uh, like there's no nationals or anything like that. But so we had to go up to Edmonton. We went up Sunday evening. And we're there Monday, Tuesday, and then came back Wednesday. But it was at, uh, oh, I forget what university it was. But my goodness, it was that, first of all, Edmonton is... <clears throat> incredibly artistic and very very liberal and so everywhere you go there's like pride painted sidewalks and we're shopping and then you know like and obviously june's pride month right and so they all these people have rewards and you know the one thing i can't figure out is is what all those letters mean because now it used to just be lgb (laughs) whatever right like there's four of them and now some of them that I've seen have nine letters on them. I'm like, whoa. But um, yeah, it was a, uh, we spent Monday and Tuesday, like one, like Ava would have a performance and then we'd have to wait for an hour or two for the adjudication. And then, okay, she's got to be back here in three hours. And so it was, oh man, it was, it was terrible. Just, just straight up. Like it was literally waiting around for two days for stuff. Oh man glad that's over and looking back I wouldn't do that again I'd be like sorry nope like I like we had thought that okay she just performs and then it's like eight hours till her next performance so okay cool we can do a lot of you know fun stuff as a family and it wasn't like oh no you you need to stay here for a while you need to it's like hey it's like me and the boys were just bored out of our minds and then Kobe had to work on Tuesday no yeah Tuesday in the afternoon so he came up with us, he drove the car, and then he gets there, and all of a sudden, the, the driver's window just falls down into the door. <laughs> like, oh. So we're in the parking lot. I couldn't fix it, but we like had to like pull it up. I reached in with my Leatherman, grabbed it. We slid it up by hand, and then we just gorilla taped it closed. And I haven't even had a look at that yet, so I got to take a look at that today. But <sighs> it's interesting. And then we're in Edmonton for the provincial election. And luckily, the conservatives won again. But um, it's funny because Alberta votes conservative. Like, if you look at the map, it's pretty much all conservative. The next biggest party is the NDP, the new Democratic Party. And they're they're dangerous, in my opinion. But um, Edmonton votes NDP. And so if you look at the, the voting map in Alberta, there's a couple spots in Calgary, like a few tiny communities that vote NDP. 
by and large, it's the United Conservative Party. And then Edmonton is all NDP. And then they were really hoping they could get more of the the cities and towns around Edmonton. And they call it the donut. They're like, we need the donut to vote NDP. And it's like, well, if you call your, if you call that the donut, then technically you're the Timbit. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's funny being up there. And I don't know, it's weird. Well, it was an interesting time. We had, we had some fun on Wednesday. We were, we didn't have anything, so we, you know, chilled out by the pool and then did a little shopping with the West Edmonton Mall and stuff. But, but that was pretty much it. And yesterday, catching up with things, and I'll be doing the same today. But how was your week? Oh, nothing. You know, just quiet, boring. Right on. I was wondering how close are how far are you from Atlanta? If you were to drive. I don't know, five hours maybe. Oh, that's not that maybe bad. Maybe more. I mean, it's not it's not that far. It's just not all highway either. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever uh, been tempted to go to Blade Show? Yeah, we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have some major FOMO this whole weekend, man. Well, yesterday I was looking at Instagram and people were like, nope, oh, just driving to Blade Show. I'm like, oh man, I want to be there so bad. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Go there. No, I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> I think if I went there, I'd have to like get money out ahead of time and be like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is the budget. <laughs> <laughs> this is everything that you're allowed to spend and not anymore because... Man, I imagine you go there's ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Be tempting, hey? Who are you telling? Yeah, for you and me. You know, a lot of the knife makers that I hear talk about Blade Show, a lot of them go there just to stock up on material, which is something I never really thought about until I heard them say, but they're like, oh yeah, I buy all my handle material for the entire year, and they'll they'll go down with like, they'll bring an extra suitcase just load it with stuff or they'll actually take boxes and they'll go ahead and, and pack everything up and then mail it back home to themselves. He said the, the, like the cool thing is you go there and you see it, right? Like you order handle scales or, you know, a block or something for a knife. You're doing it all online and based on a picture and, you know, when you can actually pick it up, hold it and be like, oh, yes, this is a nice piece of wood. I'm going to buy this. So it makes it a lot easier to part with your cash. Oh, yeah. But it'd be cool just to hang out with all the people too, you know. Yeah, get to you know uh, meet you know the people that you either communicate with through social media or have you just know of. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh well, maybe next year. Or in my case, you go there and then you get stabbed by. People that you talk crap about. Yeah, that's right. Because they think they know how to make knives. Well, you've never done that publicly, Todd. You're fine. <laughs> I've never named names. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, That'd no. be nice to go, you know, uh, us to meet face-to-face mm-hmm. for the first time, meet Ken. Um, Ken from BlackRock? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. 
Maybe one day, hey? Yeah, I just couldn't. I, I don't like going to like trade shows or anything like that alone. Yeah. You know, it's always good to have somebody you can turn to and, you know, you know talk. Yeah, that's know, true. Share the experience. People frown at you and security starts following you around and you start talking shit just to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, I know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be having FOMO all this weekend. And uh, it's funny because past years I've been like, ah, whatever. It doesn't bother me. I, I could care less whether I go or not. But ever since we made plans to go, like the year when that pandemic started, I'm like, oh, I really want to go. And it's like, oh, yeah, you can't travel. I'm like, oh, crumb. And then ever since then, I've just been dying to go. Eh, maybe one year we'll make it. Yeah. You just got to say, boom. Mm-hmm. Make a plan. All right, like, the the hard thing is, it. well, like, the Neva's got, well, today she's doing a, I don't know, some final piano exam. And then Sunday she has a recital. And it's like this this time of year in particular is like when all the kids' things wrap up and they've all got their, you know, final exams or year-end performances and stuff. So it, it's just busy. If we had ever wanted to go as a whole family, it'd be like, I don't know, it'd be crazy. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, last... Last week weekend was crazy because Friday Ava had was Friday no Saturday she had her big like her spring performance with her the orchestra and that was at the Jack Singer concert hall you go from that and then you know doing all the Sunday stuff in the morning and ah yeah, yeah it was just like a whirlwind it's too much going on but. Oh man, I mean, I've got all these knives sitting in a, a 95% state. I'm just like, I got to get at them, you know? Yeah. Get them done. I mean, you, you, uh, it's always tougher for me if I start something, put it down for a while, try to come back to it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then you have to work on it like uh, three, four, five times, but well distance from each other in time just mm-hmm. tough to yeah go back and pick something up yeah unless it's like you're trying to do a prototype of something yeah yeah i hear you yeah and then um i find out like I don't know why, for some reason, like, I've got a whole bunch of knives. Like, I started another one right before we left. And I've got, like, a bunch of knives at different stages. And so it's, I'm like, man, I got to, I think what I'm going to do, I need to get some more of those, you know, little cafeteria serving trays. Yeah. Yeah, they sell those at Ikea for, like, two bucks a piece. And those are fantastic, like, for all kinds of stuff. Because they're so cheap and it's like, okay, if, you know, something comes out of an acid, I don't, I don't care if I set it on there or you know if you soak something in in oil and you pull it out and so what I've got going on is 
whatever batch of knives are at a stage, they all stay on that same tray. And so at least I know, okay, yeah, this, this batch has been heat treated. You know, this batch is ready for final sanding or whatever, but I need to get some more. I only have two of those, but it's actually a pretty slick little way. And especially if you have space, you know, if you've got a lot of counter space in your shop, you can just leave all these trays all over the place. And it's a pretty easy way to keep track of things. Yeah, I'm looking around for some old, uh, like the large uh, aluminum or stainless steel uh, baking trays mm-hmm. and like used ones and stuff. What do you use those for? Uh, stuff, you know, oil splash pans, whatever. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, where do you find, like, do, do they have, like, got thrift shops around you guys? Do they have that sort of stuff? Every once in a while, but we have a lot of, like, estate sales around here. Oh, okay. Uh, and then between, uh, a town in Kentucky, right, right over the border, Nashville, Lebanon, Chattanooga, we have some pretty big auction houses that do, uh, restaurant liquidation stuff like that every once in a while okay or Danette got her big hobart mixer yeah she has a hobart mixer yeah wow how big is it oh i don't know it's it's like not one you have in a bread factory but it's not um one you'd have in a normal diner either it's a little somewhere in between really is it a floor standing model no. Okay. Yes. No. It it can, but it also can go up on this rolling cart. Oh wow! You can't move the thing by yourself. Wow, that's cool. Do you guys use it often? I don't think she's ever used it. Okay. <laughs> she's wanted one for years, um, and then by the time she got it, we cleaned it up, got the cart. Um, you know, she went back to work. So yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, I can't wait to use my cart. I just have to walk away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet. That's funny. Um, But she has it, you know, and they don't go bad. No, that's true. That's true. You guys have Costco's down there? Uh, Yes, we don't have one here, but yeah. Um, we have to go... Almost to uh, Nashville. Hmm. See, we might we, be getting one. Oh, really? Uh, we have a Sam's Club. But. Yeah. yeah. We have uh, Costco's, and we, they used to be. Um, they used to be very much like, like business oriented, um, and all the ones in the city, most of the ones in Canada, have kind of turned a little more focus on like consumers, and so. You know, it's like you used to be able to buy like big boxes of chocolate bars, like you, the box that they sell in a in a gas station. You could buy that entire box, and they don't they don't have that anymore. Um, and everything's kind of gotten smaller packaging. It's still good. You can still buy bulk, sort of. But Edmonton has they call it the Costco Business Center, and we went there because Steph Steph heard about it and she wanted to check it out. And like you can buy. 
like 50 gallon drums of olive oil <laughs> like it's like that and, and talking about industrial mixers you can buy like floor standing like mixers you see in the you know you could run a small bakery with these little mixers and from that to they've got like 10 quart kitchen aids so like bigger than you can buy at any other store and all these things in between that just made me think of it because we were looking Steph was looking at all these huge industrial mixers like oh this would be so great <laughs> you could make so much bread but but it's so much cheaper so we bought oh I forget what cut it is but like this huge piece of beef and then we just cut our steaks up from that and I think buying it there is 80 bucks cheaper than than what it is in the Calgary store and so this piece of beef was like, I think it's like 130 bucks. And Steph said it was over 200 when she checked last time in Calgary. So, and then it's also, it's, it's not nearly as busy. Like Costco's are so busy and it's just like, they sell clothing at Costco's now and books and magazines. The, the Costco, the, this commercial or business center, man, nothing like that. It is all just, it's crazy, man. Like, like huge sacks of rice, like that you'd see on the, you need a donkey to sack this thing out, you know, it's crazy how, like you can buy entire cheese wheels and it's like, oh, it's so cool. Before I left home uh, to join the Air Force, I thought every grocery store sold giant 50 pound bags of rice. Yeah. Because all the stores around us did because we had a giant army base right there at Fort Bragg. And lots of like Asian dependents. Oh, okay, so, yeah. Um, and we had an enormous uh, uh, Asian population. Like you could almost had a Korea town there. But hmm. anyway, um, yeah. And then we go to you know some other town, and you're like, oh wow, ooh, look <laughs> at this big one pound bag of rice. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> or rice in a box <laughs> by a box of Uncle Ben's mini rice. Yeah, and I've ate my fair share of Uncle Ben's, but, you know. Yeah. Because um, jasmine is one of my favorite rices. When we found, a, when I discovered good rice cookers, oh, man, never look back. Hmm. But, yeah, I like rice. I like all foods, actually. I think hers might be a 20-quart. Oh, okay. That's decent size. Hmm. And so we, um, when we were at West Edmonton Mall, we were, it was after lunch and we're like, oh, we should get something to eat. And so they have this place, what do they call it? Oh, I forget. Not Bourbon Avenue. Anyways, it's like this little tiny wing of the mall and it's all these restaurants and some higher end restaurants. And so we went to this one place and we'd seen them throughout Edmonton. It's kind of like a, kind of like a sports bar type of thing. And they apparently are famous for their burgers. We go in there and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon and the music was loud, like obnoxious. It wasn't very busy. And then she sees such like, okay, just scan your QR code and you can check out the menu. And, and we're like, do you have like physical menus? No, we don't do that anymore. I'm like, okay. And so we scan the stupid QR code and it takes you to the website and then nothing has meant like prices on it. And it's like, okay, there's five of us here. Like, I want to know what this is going to cost. And um, and then to see, like, the daily specials, you had to scan a different QR code. And then if you want to see the drink menu, that was a different QR code. I'm like, this is dumb. 
And so Steph and I are trying to figure it out. And I was like, and I looked at her. I said, should we just leave? I'm like, yeah, let's go. So we just stood up and we left. And she's like, is there something wrong? And I didn't say anything. So I'm like, I, if if I'm done with a place, like I, I don't feel I owe them any speech. Like I just, I'm not even going to talk to you. So I just walked out. And Steph goes like, I'm sorry, your menus are too clunky. We can't even figure this out. And she goes, oh, well, we could see if we have some physical ones. It's like, sorry, you said you didn't. So we're going somewhere else. And then the next restaurant over, we just walked over there and it was Moxie's. And man, that was good food. Like, oh, that was such a good, I was so glad that their menus were clunky because I mean, I'd have gone for a burger and fries, but we had a much better meal at Moxie's. It was so good. They had, um, for an appetizer, we got uh, whipped feta. And so Steph was looking at the recipe. So you take feta cheese and you, you put it in the processor, crumble it up super fine. And then you add cream cheese. And I forget what exact ratio is. Um, I think it's still more feta than cream cheese. And then that was warm. And then, you know, when they take like a, a little bowl and you put fill it like half full of olive oil and you put a whole bunch of like cherry tomatoes in it and garlic and herbs. And then you, you roast that in the oven. Oh man, that, and then they had this really nice bread that they drizzled olive oil on and then just toasted lightly. And so then you take some of this feta, creamy feta, and the, the feta had herbs in it and stuff too. And you smear that on the bread and then you take a couple tomatoes and they're just, you put them on there and squish them down with your spoon and they just, oh my word, it was so good. So that when we, we ate there and then right after that, we were heading home and Steph's looking up recipes as we're driving. So I think we might be trying that out this weekend. Oh, so so good. I'm, my my palate is confused. Cream cheese mixed with feta. Oh, dude. There's other. They do other. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying I can't imagine it. Yeah. Well, the cream cheese is just there to kind of. I think it's like two parts feta to one part cream cheese or something. And cream cheese is pretty like, blah. You know, it's not. It's not really have has its own doesn't really have a personality of its own, but um, it was good, super good. But yeah, we got a big old brisket in the fridge. I gotta figure out when we're gonna cook that up. Oh yeah, we did that, and then I bought um, what is it? Oh, I forget. Big old hunk of. Some Italian, it's the Italian version of corned beef. Um, I forget what it's called, but boy, as this happens often on this podcast, when I'm done this, I'm gonna be so hungry. <laughs> I'm starving, Todd. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, so any uh, anything else exciting happened there? Just busy mowing the lawn. I have not been able to. Oh dear. Oh, it's it's horrible. Really? It's a jungle. Is it? <laughs> it, it, it 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 now appears that we're living in a trailer park <laughs> with a bunch of uh, Ford trucks on blocks. <laughs> That's right. That's funny. But, you know, it'll get done. Yep. Start today or tomorrow. Right on. I'm going to have to put my, uh, you know those knobs you put on a farm implement steering wheel? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
So you can just steer with one hand. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to put that on my uh, tractor. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to mow with a zero turn because I have tore my left shoulder again. Oh, no. I mean, my shoulder's been bad for a very long time. And now I can just, I say re-tear it, but whatever. It's been torn. Um, hmm. I sleep too long on the wrong arm. Oh, okay. As I normally sleep on my right side. But I sleep on my left side too long. Mm-hmm. It just re-aggravates that left shoulder injury. Oh, dear. And then I can't use my arm to push or pull. Hmm. It just ain't going to work. Ugh. That stinks, hey? Yeah. See, and this is another reason. You should never be a nice guy. Particularly to strangers. Screw them. See somebody <laughs> falling, just let them fall. <laughs> Don't try to catch a stranger. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to be a nice guy. Hmm. Tear your shoulder. Ugh, that's too bad. That stinks. <sighs> My, what I what initially happened when I was at the doctor, um, and he was telling me, that, yeah, you tore your rotator cuff, and then something else. Uh, he asked me how it happened, and I told him. He said, "Oh wow, you're like a hero." I said, "Not really." Oh well, you were nice, and you did this and that. Oh man, you're a hero. I said, "Yeah, hero with a torn shoulder." Mm-hmm. Or I could have let him fall and be an a hole with yeah. a really healthy shoulder. Yep. Choices in life, hey? Yeah. And, you know, they probably would have been fine. Hmm. I mean, old people aren't as resilient as we are, but. That's true. Um, but they've lived a long life, too. So. That's right. <laughs> Time's coming eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just gotta let them go. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. No. If I had it to do all over again, I'd do the same thing because that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Well, I'm I'm hoping for a chance to get on my motorbike sometime. Sometimes. Yeah, up there right now. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, we had yesterday was like rainy and drizzly all day, which is great because it's so dry. Um, I don't know. Today's going to be 21 for the high. I don't know what that is. Let me Google this. E2F. Oh, 70 degrees. So it's not that warm. Yeah, it's been cool and overcast and, you know, have rain showers every day. And then suddenly today is 85. No, oh, well. Really? Probably humid, hey? Oh, my God. It's Terrible. Horrible. Huh. Like, outside is going to be like, uh, yeah, 85 and about 89, 90% humidity. Oh, wow. And it'll be worse here in the little hollow because all the rain that we've been getting. And because we're right in the middle of four mountains, we hold water. So. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, we were um, <clears throat> in Edmonton. We we're up in the hot tub. It's kind of like a courtyard, so it's got a nice indoor pool and hot tub and stuff. 
And there's this family and they had a little tiny baby, I think like two and a half months old. <clears throat> and then their son was probably like six or seven. We're talking with them and they were from, it had been, it was like five and a half hours north of Edmonton. So kind of getting into Northern Alberta. And we asked, you know, how the, if they had been affected by the fires at all. And the fires came within two miles of their house. And basically they went into Grand Prairie and cause that's, it's a city and they figured that was the safest place for them. And I guess the dad still had to work. And he said, when he was driving, he said some of the times there'd be flames jumping across the road that he was on. And he was, he remembers he looked out at seven o'clock at night and it was just absolutely black. Whereas normally, I mean, it's light out here till 1030 now. And uh, he said, you look up and it's black with orange flashes. And he said, it was just insane. And uh, he's like, he said, even in, in your vehicle, like you wore, he wore a full on respirator. He said, you couldn't like, you would, he said, I don't know what would happen, but it's just, you, it'd be like standing right in front of a really smoky campfire and just inhaling that stuff as hard. He said, you wouldn't do it. Like you just he said, it was insane. And then they'd moved about a year ago <clears throat> and the house that they moved from um, two doors down and then the rest of the street, all those houses were completely burnt to the ground. <laughs> I'm like, wow. But um, I was talking to them, and I guess they had uh, they had like four and a half inches of rain in one day. He said it's just been coming down, so it's good. Really helping out with those crazy forest fires out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, forest fires are part of our, you know, the earth. They have to... We have to have them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them now are just not natural. Yeah. I guess a lot of them have always been not natural. But yeah. I think if you're, uh, if you do things like arson and you set forest fires, or if you uh, go camping, light a fire and just walk away and leave it, and it burns down a forest, or I don't know, you do a gender reveal party. And your stupid blue lantern yeah. burns California to the ground. <laughs> you know, there should there should be massive, massive repercussions for you. Yep, I agree. That's funny. Yeah, I know. Like this man. Or or like the thing the thing drives me nuts is smokers just flick their cigarettes out. You know, you see all the time. It's a little flick and it's like Really? Like, I don't know. That, that ticks me off. I knew a guy when I was in Montana that smoked. Well, I smoked back then, too, but I wasn't a flipper. Uh, but he bought a brand-new truck, and he was moving from on-base to off-base. And he had had his truck like three days, got it loaded up with all of stuff from his room, headed to his new apartment, flips a cigarette out, lands in his stuff, burns all of his stuff, everything he owns, and his truck. Wow. To the ground. That's and, he, and he was like, at work, crying about it. Everybody's like, yeah, you should find who did that and kicked their butt. Yeah. They're an idiot. Yeah. Oh, man, it was next. No, it wasn't. You accidentally flipped your cigarette like you do all the time. Yeah. He's out on the smoking area at work 
we're right next to the flight line. Wow. And we have uh, butt cans you're supposed to use, mandatory. Oh, no, just flip it out in the grass. Hmm. Jerk. No kidding, hey. Yeah, what you deserve. And his insurance finally paid, but they weren't going to uh, for a long time. And and back then I was uh, not as astute as I am now on certain things, like insurance. And because he was fighting for a long time, like six, seven months. Mm -hmm. And then finally one day they just gave him a check. Wow. Hmm. That's crazy, hey? Yeah. Crazy. Although, the worst cigarette flipping incident, if burning all your stuff down isn't bad enough, uh, somebody I knew at the gun club in Maryland, uh, his wife was a smoker. and Well, he was too, but... Um, he would put them out with his finger and then field strip it and put the uh, filter in his pocket till he got somewhere where there's a trash can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's pretty bad, too, because they reek. Yeah. Those people. But anyway, it's better than throwing it on the road. Well, she flipped the cigarette out, and it came back in the window, um, bounced off her seatbelt, and hit her newborn infant in the back oh, seat no. in the left eye or the right eye. Oh, no. Burnt that kid's eyeball. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, they man. had to put her on suicide watch. Really? I'm that's, like, good. That's you crazy. Know, she feels that bad about it. Yeah. yeah. That's nuts. One time I was a, when I was a teenager and I was a lot cockier than I am now, I saw this. I remember it was at the co-op in Strathmore. There's people got out of their car <clears throat> and it was summertime and they just left their windows rolled down and they, they got out and both of them just had cigarettes half done and they just literally stepped out of their car and just dropped them on the ground. And I'm like, dude, there's, there's an ashtray at the door. You could have another drag and then throw it in the ashtray. Oh no. They just get out of their car and just dropped it on the ground and they went inside. So, so I went and grabbed them. They're still smoke. They're still lit. And I just threw them under the seats <laughs> in the passenger seat, one of the driver's seat and I walked away. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I should have stuck around to see what their reaction was, but I also just uh, figured I should get out of there. But who knows what happened? Well, you know, old desiccated French fries don't burn. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh man, so like driving to Edmonton, you have to take what's called the Queen Elizabeth Highway, the QE two, and you know, for some of the parts, it's like three lanes and it should be a three lane at the minimum because it's essentially between Calgary and Edmonton. That's like the way to get there. And it's lots of tons of semi trucks, you know, all kinds of construction vehicles, campers, RVs. And man, that is such a gong show that road. Like imagine a two lane highway where everybody tries to do about 120 to 130, but it's just Oh, I hate it. Like there's, you can't ever do something like, often what I like to do is like, okay, the speed limit's 110 kilometers an hour. Okay, I'm going to set my cruise at 112 because most people do about 115 to 120 and I can just stay in the right-hand lane. Every now and then I'll have to pass a semi-truck, 
but I can just leave the cruise on. I don't have to touch things. That's how I like to drive for, for trips. You know, I just like to sit back and just don't like to be active on a long trip. But this, man, you you do that and then, you know, somebody's doing 80 and you got to move over and you're trying to find a spot to move over and you signal and some guy's coming up on you doing mock chicken and, oh, it's just, ugh. Like, we looked at other routes uh, to go home and there are some other ones and they're better roads. I've been on all those other roads, but they're like 45 minutes. The shortest alternate route is 45 minutes longer and it's already a three-hour drive. So it's like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I'm... It's just, ugh, I hate driving that road. And also, another observation, and this is a fact, Edmonton drivers are the worst drivers on earth. Just horrible. Like, man, I don't know how many near misses I saw, and nobody cares there. It's just like no signaling. No, you know, you can be in the left lane, and there's there's five lanes, and just you're in the left-hand lane. Oh, that's my exit. Don't signal. Don't look to the right. Just just steer your car into the exit. Just, oh my word. I can't believe it. I cannot believe the way people drive in that city. Old garlic city. That's what my dad used to call it. Because <laughs> apparently there's a lot of Ukrainians. Um, Canada, even before the refugees came, Canada had more Ukrainians than any other country in the world except for one. That was Ukraine. And apparently a lot of them lived in Edmonton. But. Yeah, we usually go there about once a year. And that's that's enough for me. But. You guys got any traveling coming up? No. I mean, we want to, but. Uh, no. Gotcha. Got her job. We got Benny. And then our dog shedder is, is in no shape right now. Oh, really? Our mother-in-law. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. How's she doing with her back? Uh, just pain, 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 pain. Oh, we won't nice. even get our first consult at uh, the hospital until June 8th. Hmm. That's crazy. Yep. Hmm. I can't believe it's June already. Yeah, that's just, this year is flying by. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> but I think the older you get, the faster you perceive time anyway. Yeah, that's true. Because it's running through your fingers. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it is. Oh, man. Yeah, I think we need to mow the lawn today. Kobe's not working. Maybe you can do it today. So weird having a, <clears throat> a kid working in the house, you know, because, and his schedule is very, uh, so essentially, like, like he got an internship with her church and, he does like the grade five, six ministry and then some other things. And we have a, a family pastor and he's kind of in charge of like, like everything, like the youth, the, the children's, the five, six and Kobe's job is, it's kind of like a shadow of him. And so sometimes like, okay, we need you to go to this campus 
to unlock it and then open the gym because there's this sporting event going on and then we need you here to do this and and stuff um was yesterday um they have a ministry where for seniors where they play pickleball with them <laughs> and and his job for two hours was to play pickleball yesterday <laughs> he's like i'm the professional pickleball player i would quit <laughs> but um and then sport. yeah like curling not a sport yeah but it keeps old people active. I don't know. So does a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> you don't like pickleball, hey? And no, I, I I play tennis, play wiffle ball, play badgammon. Don't play them all three at the same time. <laughs> Have you ever tried pickleball? I wouldn't. It's you wouldn't. Stupid. I've watched it, <laughs> see what it was, and then I'm like, well, this is stupid. No. <laughs> It's tennis for people who cannot play tennis. Yep. I, it's, it's like true. Uh, something I'm not going to talk about here. Yeah. It's fun, though. If you tried it, it's fun. If you just get get it out of your mind that, okay, this is like a weird combination and fully agree. Like, there's people that are pretty good at, at pickleball that could not play a game of uh, even half competitive tennis, you know, because moving fast and moving more but it's kind of fun my parents put in when they built <clears throat> the new shop is kind of mostly as a storage facility and then they use it for like they'll get like 40 foot lengths of steel in <clears throat> and then they've got like a crane and then a saw so a lot of times they'll just do a lot of cutting so there's not a lot of there's no welding or anything that goes on in there it's just kind of a little material handling and storage and then they sectioned off an entire area and put in, I don't know, whatever the regulation size, uh, pickleball court. And then they probably have 10 feet around it on the sides and like 20 feet on either end. So this is a big area that they partitioned off. And they got this special flooring from the States that's like, I don't know, it's like a pickleball floor or whatever. It's like these these tiles you lay over concrete. And yeah, they've got a full on, they've got their own pickleball court. <laughs> <laughs> they like it that much. It was kind of nice during the pandemic, though, because everything was shut down. And it's like, <laughs> let's go play pickleball. And then some one of their employees was like, you're not allowed to do that. It's like, yeah, we are. It's like, nope, all, all gyms are closed. It's like, this is my building. <laughs> it's like saying you're not allowed to work out in your own basement. I own this. This is mine. Yeah, but people work there. It's like, well, then they can get out, <laughs> you know, but it's crazy. Our church, they did, they, they painted pickleball court lines on one, on one side of the parking lot. I think they've got like eight of them there. And I think, what is it? Mondays or whatever day it is, it's open to the public and they put up nets and stuff and every one of them's busy. Like you got to wait for a court to be open. It's hilarious. Good old pickleball. I thought. Instead of painting lines, they just taped a line of saliva-coated nickels around the perimeter. <laughs> right. Yeah, you should try it, Todd. It's not that bad. It's T-ball for <laughs> um, Down syndrome adults. Good God. <laughs> That's funny. You know, what we did, you know, because I'm not, you know, for more than one reason, I'm not Venus Williams when it comes to tennis. But I used to love playing tennis. But instead of trying to be all, I want to win 
like by playing regular tennis where you just smack the ball as hard as you can and try to hit the line. No, 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 no. Reverse it. We're going to play at as high a pace as you can, but the object is to keep the ball in play, mm. not get it out of play and score points. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, we got a lot of cardio that way, and it helps if you just despise running like I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like tennis. That's a good game. I like tennis. Um, I like golf. I like softball and baseball. I like playing basketball, but um, – I don't like full contact basketball. Yeah. That's why I never liked hockey. I oh, mean, yeah. For me to play it, one, I, I can't ice skate for nothing, but, uh, you know. Yeah. If I want a full contact sport, I'll take up fighting. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I'm a Nancy or anything. It's just, you know, certain... Certain sports where you throw elbows just don't make sense to me. Yeah. it's You're throwing an elbow because you don't have the talent not to. Yeah. Like, um, like Scottie Pippen. But anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, um, and I never loved basketball. I've never been, like, I can, sh- I like shooting hoops. I'll shoot hoops. It's fun. Like, we got a basketball. I'll say that's here. what I like. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like playing, I went and and played a couple, I don't know, it was probably 10, 15 years ago. Some of the guys wanted to get like a men's, just a little pickup basketball thing going every, I think it was every Tuesday night or something. So I went to a couple of those. And man, some of these guys, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I think, okay, we all had kids, like we're all dads. I mean, we're not old. We're like mid thirties, you know, early thirties. Some of us, some of them were like 50 and it's like, okay, let's play. And there's a certain chance where, yeah, let's run a bit. But on the other hand, you know those casual games where you can run a little bit and once nobody's around you, you just kind of walk it up the court and look around and other guys shuffle around. That's how I thought this would be. Okay, this will be fun. And kind of do a little bit more like the guys trying to get open are the ones going to be moving around and then guys trying to block them. And But man, some of these guys, they would just be on you and you were literally running away from them the entire time. And I was like... I went to two of them and they're, they're like, you come in this week? I'm like, no. I'm like, wow. I was like, that's, I, I don't want to run for like two hours tonight. Like if I did, I'd just go for a jog. I'd like to play basketball, but I don't mind a quick little sprint here, there, a little try and bust a move. But if I'm like, if I get the ball and I'm at center court and there's nobody around me, I'd like to be able to just take a few strides and walk a little bit and set up a play. Oh no, <laughs> you're going to come charging at me. I was like, nah, I'm not interested in that, but. And they don't even do that in the NBA. You know, there's times in the NBA when they're setting up plays and they're trying to get the guys without the ball into position, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't enjoy that, but... Yeah, I don't like people that try to take the... I'm not a professional. I'm not even on an intramural team. We're just here on a pickup game. Let's make it fun. Oh, no, but you have to try to suck all the fun out of it with your <laughs> stupid competitiveness. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You're trying to relive your college days or your high school days or whatever. Yeah. That's funny. Now, hockey, 
you know, like hitting, like physical contact in hockey, it, it, you know, it's called a body check. And um, it was designed to gain puck control. And I like it. I enjoy it. Um, I used to play out in Rocky Ford. And it was the shinny is on Wednesday nights. I think we didn't, we didn't get the ice till like 9.30 or 10. But um, these guys were coming. There's a couple of guys that were from Quebec. And they had played in the like OGHL and stuff. So decently skilled hockey players. Um, and uh, they were obviously older and stuff. But they loved contact. And so before the game, we'd all be out at center ice and be like, okay, who's willing to play full contact and then you just take note of the guy's jersey and be like okay so if you want you can hit this guy and then generally it worked pretty good and I'm never a good hockey player but I thought you know what this could be more fun so I said yeah I'm willing to play full contact (laughs) like I can't skate I mean I can skate you know I mean I can skate just fine but compared to a really good hockey player you can see a difference um I can go as fast as them but I just I'm not as as quick side to side but uh, we were playing contact, and um, I remember this one guy, the first time he came came for me, I had the puck behind the net, and I was waiting for a play, and he comes around, and I saw him coming, and I just kind of, the last second, I just stood up a little bit, <laughs> and just boom. He thought he was just going to wipe me out, and he just went, just boom. It's like, fell to the ice. He's like, oh, crap. He's getting all mad, and then he kept coming for me all night long, and every time he'd come for me and I'd see him at the last second and I'd just kind of stand up, just kind of boom. And it would lift him off the ice and he would land on his back. And he's like, why do you keep doing this? I said, I haven't, I haven't gone at you one time. I said, you've come at me all night long and all I'm doing is defending myself. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Not one time did I get knocked over. And I was, and at the end I was kind of just clobbering guys. Cause I was like, just <laughs> can't play hockey, but, <laughs> but I can goon it up with the best of them. But yeah, and the old Stanley Cup playoffs are starting soon, I think. <clears throat> Not that I really follow hockey much, but yeah, well, yeah, hockey. I don't know. If- I used to like watching it way back in the day, mm-hmm. like in the 90s, early 90s, through the, like, yeah, all through the 90s, I liked watching it, but, again, you, you know, like other sports, it got, you know, watered down a little bit. Yeah. Do you watch any sports now? No. Like- I, I, up until last year, I was, I watched Formula One racing, but. After last year, halfway through the year, last year I quit altogether because mm-hmm. um, it's a elitist racist sport. Is it? Yes. Well, it's Formula One, of course. Yeah. A bunch of rich white Europeans. Come on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know what shocked me about that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so what is that? what is a car like? What do you think the average racing team budget is for a year? Do you have any idea on that? I could have told you it's a, a set limit. They, uh, one of the things that ruined Formula One, um, they dictate the size, shape, and materials in a car. They dictate team budget, and they make you take uh, time off for the year. The amount of practice is limited. 
They've just hamstrung that sport. And if you're going to tout yourself as the pinnacle of race engineering and automotive racing, why do you hamstring yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have to get these little teams. That, no, you don't. Stupid. Yeah. Um, or you handicap. Like if if you don't have these handicaps, right, like for budget and all this, well, Ferrari's always going to win or Mercedes is always going to win or one of those two is always going to win, Red Bull. One of those three is always going to win. Okay. Mm-hmm. Clamp those people a little bit. You know, handicap them a little. Yeah. But um, don't uh, – if you're, or get rid of your marketing that you are the pinnacle of automotive racing engineering yeah. and everything else, because you're not. Yeah. Uh, and then I would, growing up, I was a huge fan of IndyCar racing, but they made that thing a formula a long time ago where all the cars have to be the same, blah, 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 blah. No, stop. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. And yeah. then you don't have to, uh, like to be in Formula One, you had to be an approved team and you had to run every race. In uh, IndyCar, you can still just run the Indy 500. Hmm. So you have these smaller teams that test and budget all year for one race. Mm-hmm. That's why you get these people that you've never heard of winning the Indy 500, you know once or twice throughout their career because that's all they do. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. But, no. Go ahead. You know, I I just think if you're going to have particularly racing, I, I get that you want more than, you know, two or three teams, but the answer isn't to make – Everybody the same. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. You know, and I agree. Like, so say if you want to have a class, right? So it's like, okay, this is a class and then have restrictions on that class. But yeah, I always thought, think that like the certain races, like, why can't you just have one wide open class, you know? And so there are no restrictions. There are no limitations. Whatever you want to do to your vehicle, do it. What you know, and if you've the only got- thing I think they should do is if you're gonna have a budget, okay, fine, but increase the budget a little and then do away with a lot of the rules as far as what you can and can't do with your car. If you want it to be, um, and I understand why you want them all to be roughly to fit in the same box size wise, fine, give them uh, size parameters. For the overall width, height, and length of the car. Mm-hmm. Other than that, shut up. Yeah. You give them uh, engine CC limits. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, but oh, you 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 gotta this that and the other. No, stop. Yeah. So you you make a budget, and then you. Do away with almost all the rules as far as, uh, and then put refueling back in racing. Yeah. 
because with this no fuel thing, it's just boring racing. Hmm. And then you have to have uh, when they did away with refueling and they made oh with the tire wars, we're not going to have uh, one tire manufacturer. They're all going to be to the exact same specs. And you can't use but so many every weekend. Yeah. You only have three sets of uh, practice tires and blah, blah, blah. Just stop it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Because I think part of racing is knowing what your budget is and then having the intelligence to mm-hmm. balance that budget between, you know, R&D, material, spare yeah. part, uh, salaries, fuel, tires, you know. Yeah, exactly. And uh, now you can, as drivers, uh, now they're what they call um, sponsorship drivers, where the team doesn't really pay you. Um, you have a rich daddy or a company that says, oh, we'll pay the this driver $40 million a year and give you $10 million a year just to let them drive your car. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy, hey? Yeah, and that was a budget loophole, by the way. Hmm. But I don't believe in all that either. Yeah. I mean, they just... Ugh. You know, it's, it's always funny how, and it all has to do with who's in charge. And then even when you think about it, like even getting to the point where you're on the committee that makes rules for any sport, whether it's racing or, you know, that in, a, in and of itself is like, like, like climbing a corporate ladder. It's like a rat race, you know what I mean? To get to be to that level. Like I think of, um, in the NHL, uh, was it Batman, whatever his name is? Um, people hate him, absolutely hate him. And it's like, you know, the best thing for sport would be for them to get rid of him. And for some reason they can't, like he makes stupid ideas. You know, he puts these stupid rules in play. Every time he steps out on the ice, he's booed and it doesn't matter which arena he's at literally. And that's why a lot of times they won't, he won't come out to give different trophies because he just gets booed so bad. And he, he just, I don't know. And, and somehow it seems like the, it's like a oligarchy. Like he's, he's untouchable and he has, it's just weird. It, it seemed like, it's like, man, there's, there's all the kinds of politics that go on just to get to that position. And then he's there. You can't get rid of him, you know? And, and he'll say things that are so stupid and then everybody would be mad at him. And then a couple years later, he's like, okay, fine. I'll change my mind. We'll go back to this way. And it's like, wow, I don't know. I don't understand it. But I think it's it's like, you know, thinking about um, racing and, and all these rules they put on. And it's just the people at the top that make, I don't know, make these decisions. And there's, I don't know. Well, now in Formula One, well, for a while now, but you know, the FIA makes a rule. And the teams have to be able to ratify it. So the it's even dumber. Mm-hmm. Because and they didn't have that power until Ferrari threatened to leave the sport. Oh, really? And they think that 
Because if there's no Ferrari in Formula One, it's not Formula One. Let them leave. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding, right? Um, I know. They'll be back. <laughs> you know? I mean, even if they aren't. Yeah. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, you've already... It's like... I don't know. <sighs> yep. Oh, I saw a nice... So at West Edmonton Mall, there's always these cars in the mall that you can buy tickets on. And, um, oh, one of them was a Ferrari. What was a model? I forget. Anyways, I was like, oh, man. And I, I mean, I'm not, I'm really not one to ever gamble or like buy lottery tickets. But if there's ever a time when I'm tempted, it's when you're in the mall and there's this car in front of you and it's like, you could win me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, 50 bucks a ticket. I want that. But. I refrained. I did not do it. I think if I won something, I would have to read the rules first, right? Yeah. But like a Ferrari. Um, I wouldn't even gamble on it if I wasn't allowed to just turn right around and sell it. Well, are you not allowed to for a lot of them? For a lot of them, you're not. Huh. Um. Because some of these things are like, oh, you win a Ferrari. What you win is uh, like a year lease on a Ferrari. Oh, yeah. But yeah. And they, they had one going up in uh, D.C. when I was there. Uh, they were doing giving away a Lamborghini Murcielago. And very rare one. Uh, and all it was was they were leasing it for a year and you got to drive it for a year. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then you had to be you could buy the ticket and then you could win it but they weren't going to give it to you until after they like vetted you to make sure you could yeah uh like afford the insurance and yeah yeah well, I, whatever a, fr- a friend of mine the nikon somehow it's some weird thing if you bought this camera you got entered into a draw to win it was really, really nice. It was a Porsche. You got to win a, a Porsche for it's a two-year lease. And anyways, he's like, whatever. Like, he was buying a camera. He, he loves photography. And just so happens that he won. And he's like, are you kidding me? And so he's like, okay, let's look into it. And um, what did it, I think they, they there's a certain insurance, obviously. You have to put a certain level of insurance on it. And he called his insurance company. And he, I mean, he's probably, I think he's like 52 when this happened. Perfect driver's abstract, no speeding tickets in the last 25 years. You know, he's been with the same insurance company forever. And his insurance on that would have been almost two grand a month to insure this car that he won the lease of. (laughs) So I was like, so you said no? He's like, of course I said no. I said, what if you just did it for one month? Like just, okay, this I'm going to pay two grand and I'm going to drive this. And it was was like a a 9-11, I forget. It was a really... Not just like a boring old, because some Porsches aren't super exciting. This was really, like, this was a nice, nice, fast car. He's like, yeah, I guess maybe I could have seen if I could have done that. But I think once you accept it, you accept it, you know. But it's crazy. So this, the the car they have there is a 2020 Ferrari Portofino. And most of them in Canada, you outright win it. Um, 
Like a, a Tim Hortons, when you roll up the rim, if you win one of those cars, you get it. And if you want to go ahead and sell it, you can sell it. And often what they'll do is you either get the car or you can take cash value, which is usually a few grand less. Like, you know, they say the car's valued at like 30 grand, then they'll give you, you can either take the car or we'll give you like $25,000 cash. But if you take the car, you can sell it if you want or do whatever. But I was looking up um, this Ferrari Portofino <clears throat> And they say like the pros and cons, it's affordable for our Ferrari. Um, but they say it's actually like one of the Ferraris that can, that can actually work as a daily driver. They say it's actually practical to the point where it, it could work, you know? Yeah. But it's funny that there's two seats in the back because it's a, it's a convertible, hardtop convertible. And um, so we're looking at it and stuff. I'm not joking. The back seats and there's about three inches of leg clearance. Like not even a joke. I'm like, why would you even put seats back there? It's just, I guess if the, the front seats were like all the way forward, you might fit someone in there, but oh, it's just ridiculous. But that'd be kind of fun, hey? Ferrari Portofino. I, if I was going to get a supercar, it'd never be a Ferrari. No, my my dream. I like the three sixty Modena. That's what I would want. That's a that's my favorite Ferrari. Well, they have some nice ones. They have some beautiful, um, elegant artwork looking vehicles. I just never been a big Ferrari fan. Yeah. Um. Now, and I think I'm not a fan for one of many reasons, but one of them is the same reason that a lot of people are Ferrari fans. And that is because almost every Ferrari of the modern age sounds exactly the same. Mm. Ooh, Ferrari sounds sexy. Not to me. Hmm. I mean, just not to me. Yep. I'm not saying it sounds bad. I'm not saying it sounds good. I'm just saying, I, eh, not my thing. If you yeah. like it, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I saw a... Uh, show on a particular for Ferrari collection out in Dubai. Mm -hmm. And this guy has a white Ferrari done up in like a special white and black paint job. Look like, like stormtrooper version from uh, star Wars. Yeah. Sweet looking. Um, and then the, there's a Ferrari blue that's on a lot of the Portofinos. That is one of my favorite colors on earth. Hmm. They do some things, right? I just don't like Ferraris. Yeah, I don't like Lambos either, but uh, that's just me. Yep. You know, somebody's like, oh, what um, What would you want for a supercar? I don't know. Don't know. Um, Bugatti. I, now, you know, if I was going to get something like a Bugatti, um, I don't know. Would I? Probably not. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it'd be really tough to have a supercar where I live. Yeah. <laughs> but if I had enough money for a supercar, then I have enough money to rent uh, or buy a garage in town. Yeah. Or just pay. Just the drive to county. my car. Yeah. Pick it up. <laughs> yeah. But. Steph was looking up. We were talking about cars after this, and where we were driving. Do you know how many? So the average Bugatti owner. Do you know how many other vehicles they own on average? No. Eighty-four. The average Bugatti owner has 
84 other vehicles, uh, two airplanes, and a yacht. And that's the average. Well, can you imagine <laughs> if there's a guy out there that has a like a BMW M7 as his daily, and then he has a Bugatti because he always wanted one. Yeah. And that's all he's got. Yeah. For vehicles. Yeah. I mean, he's poor. It's just, you know, he's not a car guy, but that's what he wanted. Yeah. What the other end of that spectrum is. I know. Some chic out there with 400 cars. Yep. And an aircraft carrier. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's and crazy. I laugh, but last weekend was Monaco. And one of the super yachts they had out there kind of had a flat front deck um, for uh helos and this new electric airplane really that's short runway i'm like he literally has an aircraft carrier wow mega yacht super yacht whatever that's crazy and it's one of those super yachts where you can say like you know um uh some oil baron russian oligarch he has a super yacht and it's um a $900 million yacht. Yeah. Right. You can put a price tag on it. The super yacht from that guy that has the flat front on it. No, you can't put a price tag on it. Yeah. It's the only one that's ever been built. Only one that will ever be built. And all the costs on it are, you know. Yeah. NDAs. That's crazy. Hey. And, I would love to be rich enough to do that kind of thing, but I would be doing other things with my money, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I don't know, supercar. I like, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a Porsche fan. Kind of. Mm-hmm. I like uh, certain BMWs, but I certainly don't like a lot, the majority of BMWs. Yeah, me neither. Um, now... As far as looks go, the M the the six series of BMWs are just some of the sexiest looking cars I've ever seen. But once I started researching them, I was going to buy a used one. Mm-hmm. No, never, never. Hmm. Uh, you know, BMWs are notoriously expensive to own as far as maintenance goes. Yeah, the six series. Is the worst. Really? The worst of the worst of the worst. I'm like, holy crap. Hmm. This is more expensive to fix and more off, breaks more often than an M5. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> but uh, a couple of Mercedes I really like. But, again, they're obnoxiously loud. Uh, any of the... Uh, like black label series or black series Mercedes mm-hmm. are just obnoxiously loud, fast, and expensive. Hmm. And I'm not a, you know, I never have been a loud car guy. Even now, I like loud motorcycles. Certain kind of, you know, my truck, I'd want it to have a throaty voice. But, you know, if I had a car, I don't want the cops to be able to find me. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't care about loud. I care about the sound. You know, like some engines, they just have that. that like, I don't care if it's loud, but I just want it to sound. I want to hear it. And it's got to have that. 
like like oh man some of those cars and even not loud but just that sound you know what i mean if it doesn't sound if it sounds anything anything except like a tuner i'm cool yeah yeah i'm just kidding (laughs) somebody uh somebody i was complaining about i was standing outside the lodge in cookville and uh just talking to somebody in a couple of Cars came by with incredibly loud exhaust. And I said something about it, and, and their immediate response was, eh, as long as it sounds like they're burning gas in that rice, I'm good. <laughs> like, okay. That's funny. Got a point there. That's funny. But a guy in my neighborhood in uh, Maryland, he had a, a Nissan GTR. Mm, yeah. And that has a one of those switchable exhausts. Where you can open it wide open yeah. or turn the mufflers back on. And when it had the mufflers on, it sounded stupid. Oh, really? I mean, it had a, a it made you almost point and laugh at the car. And huh. then when you had them open, I'm like, that sounds like an angry beaver choking on a four cylinder. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, hey? Yeah. Hmm. But you can't beat the performance you got. For the price. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was, I tell my kids all the time, it's like, I honestly don't care what it is. I just want a fast car. Like, I, I want once in my life to own a car that is fast. Except, I don't know if I'd be happy with a Tesla. Um, that That's not what I'm interested in, but... And, and honestly, I don't even care if it was a Civic just tuned like crazy. Like I worked with a guy and he had the Civic and he's talking to me about how fast it was. I'm like, well, come on, Shane. It's just a Civic. Whatever. No, no. Anyways, he did. And he, he did it up like a sleeper. And I thought it was, I thought he was just full of, you know, fluff. Yeah. And um, he said, fine, let's go for a ride. And so we went out at lunch break, went to Tim Hortons and this thing was fast like it it was pin you in the back of your seat fast you couldn't i couldn't lift my body forward to when he was accelerating hard and he it turns out he did all kinds of engine like tons of engine stuff and then there's this guy in la who's like a famous world famous tuner he bought this special like interface thing and he would have him I think he did paid for like a month and it was like every, every week they'd get together and he'd be like, okay, what's it doing here? What's this? What's this? And he'd have to give them like the, the pressure up atmospheric pressure for here and the, this and that. And, uh, worked for about a month with this guy tuning and this guy's in LA just doing it all over the internet. And man, that thing was fast, just fast. Like, like he's saying he eats and like Mercedes, BMWs, these guys think they have a fast car just eats them and it wasn't even loud like he's got a, a really free flowing exhaust but um quiet for some somehow it was insane man and i'm like even that i'd be happy with i just want something that's fast like i'm gonna pass you and i'm gonna do it no, yesterday see i'm already gone done that's what i'm interested in but i would prefer something cool like a you know ferrari or lambo i don't know be fun Although I might get in too much trouble, I think. If I had a real fast car. It's probably best I you don't. Know, Audi has a uh, a smaller wagon, mm-hmm. a saloon. Um, 
that's a does supercar performance. Oh, really? And so does Mercedes, but yeah, something like that. You know, like not flashy, not like you know the. the Ferraris and all those things. I mean, you can't go anywhere. Everybody's just going to stare at your car and you park it somewhere and there's always going to be people around it. I would love to have a car that's just so fast, but people don't know, you know? Like, oh, yeah, it's a nice car, whatever. But then all of a sudden, pow, pow, you eat them for breakfast. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Get something like a, a Volvo or a Mercedes or Audi wagon or saloon. And then uh, that uh, does supercar numbers. That'd be cool. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if I want something that it, it looks wise, you can just it tell. It's an obnoxious, fast car. Mm-hmm. I get uh, something like a Ford Cosworth from the 80s and uh, soup it up. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool, hey? Oh, fun, fun, hey? Yeah, what I think the reason I don't like the, even though it's a sexy looking car, what I think is wrong with the Portofino is it has the front end of a new Vet and the rear end of a new Camaro. Yeah, like, that's kind of true. Does Ferrari have a GM complex? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yep. Yeah, I didn't buy any tickets. Uh, it was funny. I, I, I was like, ah. But they're not making the draw until like January 31st, 2024. I'm like, yeah, forget that. I'm going to leave this thing in the mall and let everybody dirty hands touch it. Not interested, but man, that'd been fun. Can you imagine if it's like one of the uh, Washington Redskins had a had several supercars, but one of the ones he had was a Lambo and he used to drive it on the uh, 295 around D.C. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, you know, buck naked speed, you used to get in trouble all the time. Well, another one of the sports guys in that area, but he wasn't on the Redskins. I think he was on the um, the Generals. I, anyway, he's on another team. He had, uh, what was it? What was it? I think, I think Todd. He had another, uh, oh, Porsche Panamera, mm. but it was the fastest, sportiest level of Panamera you could have. Mm-hmm. Smoked that Lambo. Oh wow! I'm like, and I've always thought the Panamera was kind of, you know, if you want a family car, four yeah. door. Yeah. But that'd be crazy. <clears throat> I looked at buying a, uh, like a lease return Panamera, mm-hmm. and then we bought this place. Oh, yeah, that's right. I just bought a farm instead. I yeah. mean, I just, you know, I could drive it down my road. I just 
you wouldn't want to. Yeah, yeah. Every day, all day. Yeah, true. Right on. Well, I should get to work here, I think. Lost. I tried to do some, you know, paperwork type stuff, but it's so hard. It, it, you have it in your mind. It's like, okay, I'm going to bring my, well, I was like, I'll bring my iPad and I'll, you know, take care of a lot of things and get this done, that done. You just don't. You know, it's it's not, you need time just to sit down and be like, okay, I'm just going to sit here for four hours and then get some work done. But so I, the front of this yeah, I, week was I learned shot. a long time ago. You can travel for work and work while you're there. But it's very difficult to go on vacation, have a working vacay, they say. Yeah. Don't even try. Yeah, totally. 100%. Because most of the people that say, oh, yeah, I have working vacations all the time. They're so successful. You know, I get so much done. No, you're the boss. Yeah. You're not really working. That's right. You're answering emails at night telling people what to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's true. Not really working vacation. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks a lot, Todd. Another good podcast. Yeah, I love, love it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners. And uh, yeah, anything else before we wrap it up? No. no, no. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. One thing. Um, one of our listeners, Roger, uh, no, I won't quit. What, what does he want you to quit podcasting? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it was a great podcast except for that one guy, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Jeez. That's funny. Get over yourself, Roger. <laughs> right on. All righty. Well, we'll, uh, call the show there and, uh, see y'all next time. Bye.